Last week at this Mass, I spoke of the need to be prepared with a life of faith. Today, I'd like to suggest the reality that faith requires a firm choice. Certainly, I think that's the image behind the gospel message today, where Jesus is talking about this fire that he wished was already burning within the earth among the people, this this fire of faith. And certainly we have to connect that with the first reading of Jeremiah, whose life is an example of a life of faith on fire, willing to speak the truth to power, no matter the consequences. With the situation in which Jeremiah Jeremiah found himself, he definitely gave witness to the fact that his choice was with God. He communicated the message that God had for his people, a message for their preservation, not their destruction, despite the fact that it remained unpopular with the princes. Trusting in God, he spoke the truth of God boldly and never let the fear of imprisonment hold him back. His choice was for God, and to accept all that flowed from that. Jesus' message, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. And do you think I have come to establish peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Runs so counter to what many people think the goal of faith and religion ought to be. But his words give a full witness to the reality of that choice of faith that all people must make. The division, or if we want to use Matthew's gospel, the sword, has to do with the fundamental choice to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that what he says and does matters for eternal salvation. The reality is, that choice means something in the life of a person of faith. If we choose to accept it, there is a conversion of life that must accompany it, one that brings a new perspective on how to live life here, a perspective always tempered by our relation to God and the hope of eternal life. Not everyone accepts that conversion even if many accept the words that Jesus is a Savior and the Son of God. And that's the division that Jesus is describing in the Gospel. Those who have made the choice in faith to believe in Jesus and follow his ways have a new foundation for life. They have found a new center of joy that allows them to continually bear witness to the truth and accept and the acceptance and faith of even the most stubborn backlash for speaking out, just like Jeremiah. Jesus' crucifixion, death, and resurrection are the heart of this fire. And that's why Jesus was already looking forward to its blazing. At the point in which he's speaking, the Easter mystery had not yet taken place, but it was coming and coming in order to present the world with a new choice, to believe in the one Son of God, God in the flesh. For us today who claim to accept in faith that Jesus is God, and that not only for us, but for all mankind, he is the way to eternal life, 
Our lives should reflect that belief. The princes of Israel in the time of Jeremiah were giving in to despair and presumption. And this is a problem that persists even to today, often among people who profess faith. The Catechism of the Catholic Church defines presumption as this, an act or attitude opposed to the theological virtue of hope. Presumption can take the form of trust in self without recognizing that salvation comes from God, or of an overconfidence in divine mercy. So in presumption, we have the idea that we rely upon our own capabilities more than trusting in God, or we place too much confidence in what we think God would, that God's mercy doesn't require our conversion. And in a sense, we trust too much in his almighty power and mercy to the point that we don't seek conversion or that we think that glory will come without merit. And those are things that need to be faced in our life. I think some common expressions that indicate when presumption is present. A statement like, I just need to avoid conflict while I live so that I can attain heaven. Or, if God is a loving God, he will have to accept me in heaven if I just stay out of people's way and am generally a nice person. Those are common thoughts today in our world. But they don't have their basis in the gospel. The gospel is about speaking the truth, no matter what. The gospel is not about avoiding conflict, but about facing it and speaking truth to it and being honest with ourselves and honest with those around us who maybe are living opposed to love, living opposed to mercy, living opposed to charity or justice. We're not to reduce our faith life to a holding pattern. There is an active pursuit that should be underway, pursuit of a love inspired by hope, pursuit of justice for others, for charity, for virtue, pursuit of knowledge and wisdom of God, which means our studies should never cease. All of us should have known the background of Jeremiah's story before we got here. I shouldn't have had to do a commentary. But we should all be up on our, what our faith is calling of us to do. And most especially, we should always be seeking the communion with God and with each other that comes to us from the Eucharist. As a concluding thought, the Catechism teaches us that since presumption and despair are sins against hope, it tells us that hope is the confident expectation of divine blessing and the beatific vision of God. But hope is also something else. And as I was reading this definition the other day, it struck me that we don't think of this second definition of hope, but it's so important and so relevant. 
Hope is also the fear of offending God's love and of incurring punishment. That sounds strange. The hope that hope is the fear of offending God's love and of incurring punishment. So if I'm afraid of offending God and if I'm worried about being punished by him, most of us in faith would say, I need to get rid of those feelings because they're bad. But the catechism is telling us, no, those are the signs of hope present in your heart. If you're worried about offending God and if you think you might be punished for doing some things that run contrary to the gospel, that's a good thing. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to in your heart, trying to enliven the hope within it. So we shouldn't be fighting those words. We should be doing what the gospel asks us to do when we realize we might be offending God or we might be incurring a punishment from him by not loving. And that is to repent and take those actions to confession. Bring those actions to the altar of God's sacrifice, of his mercy, and say, Lord, these things have struck me in my heart. They are impeding my life of faith. I want them to be gone. And I believe in faith that you're the one who can take them from me. That's where hope takes us, to the altar of God's love. May we heed the words of the, the book of Hebrews today. With the hope that is nourished in our heart by the sacraments, may we seek to rid ourselves of every burden of sin that clings to us. May we persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and the perfecter of our faith. 